have some good news to share with you this morning. I have the privilege to share with you the best news. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. What a joy it is to hear the choirs of Dawson and Hunter Street and Valleydale and Meadowbrook join their voices together to remind us that our hope is found in the resurrection of Jesus. We need to hold on to that hope. There are many that feel as if life is hopeless right now. There are those in our world as the normal is no longer and life is halted for many and there's a a sense of altering all around us. There, there are those that are really grieving the loss of loved ones right now. There are those that are struggling with sickness. There are those that are wondering what to do after I've lost a job. There are those in our world that are grieving the loss of milestones, uh, the milestones of wedding ceremonies and graduations. Uh, and those, those are real losses. And so there is in our air a spirit of loss, and, and for many, even, even despair. Uh, all of us are facing an adjustment period to this new normal. There are many of you that are working from home. There are many of you that are doing school from home. We're having to learn new phrases. Uh, if you would have asked me just a few months ago, what was social distancing? I, I tell you, I don't know what I would have answered that question with, but maybe the first thing that would have come to mind is a middle school dance where you have sixth grade boys on one side of the gym and sixth grade girls on the other side of the gym, social distancing. If you would have have told me uh, just a few months ago that one of the highlights for many people's week is to be able to go into Walmart or Target and to see toilet paper stocked on the shelves, I just couldn't have envisioned that type of reality whatsoever. You couldn't. I could, can't. And, and here we are. We're, we're living in that world. It's a world where much has changed. But I tell you what hasn't changed. What, what a virus cannot cancel and what the spread of a virus cannot alter. And that is the glorious news that has spread across continents and it has spread across centuries. It has stood in the face of death and disease before. It has stood in the face of poverty and hardship before. And that is the glorious hope that Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Now, if you were to go 2,000 years ago, and if you would have viewed those first three witnesses to the resurrection Their song wasn't a song of hope that first Easter Sunday morning. Grief shrouded the air that morning. Grief was a part of their life. Hopelessness was a part of their life. We read about it in Mark chapter 16, verses 1 through 8. If you'll take your copy of God's Word and turn there with me this morning. When the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome bought spices so that they might go and anoint him, him being Jesus. Very early on, the first day of the week, when the sun had risen, they went to the tomb and they were saying to one another, who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance of the tomb? And looking up, they saw that the stone had been rolled away. It was very large. And entering the tomb, they saw a young man sitting on the right side, dressed in a white robe, and they were alarmed. And he said to them, do not be alarmed. You see Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. But go, tell his disciples and Peter that he's going before you to Galilee. There you will see him just as he told you. And they went out and fled from the tomb, for trembling and astonishment had seized them. And they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. 
Now here we see it very clearly. These first witnesses to the empty tomb, they did not expect to see a risen Lord and Savior that morning. Uh, They weren't silently humming on the way to the tomb, Christ the Lord is risen today. Uh, For them, the forecast was bleak. Hopelessness prevailed. They brought spices to anoint the body of Jesus. This would have been an act of, 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 of love, but it would have in many ways been an act of closure for these three women who loved Jesus and had placed their hope in his earthly ministry. Well, they come in to the tomb, and there they're greeted by a young man that we know to be an angel of the Lord. He's robed in white, and he has this angelic announcement. Do not be alarmed. He has risen. Come, you who have come looking for Jesus. He is not here. This glorious news was news that greeted them, and their reaction to it was shock. They were stunned by it. And of course they would have been. Fear gripped them in that moment, but that fear was quickly replaced with faith. And we know from the gospel accounts, the gospel accounts of Matthew and Luke and John, that these three witnesses, they shared with the disciples the news that Jesus, He is no longer in the grave but he is living in our midst. Jesus himself would appear before these three women. He would appear before those disciples. He would eat with them. He would teach them. He would commission them and send them out into the world. Paul, the early evangelist in the first century world, he would tell us that over 500 people would see the earthly appearance of Jesus after his resurrection. So this is a historical fact that we're dealing with. But this isn't just solely. It's a history lesson. This is a message to proclaim that intersects your life. It intersects your doubt and maybe even your uncertainty this morning. You see, the joy of this news is what Paul would tell us in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. As Paul is writing to a church that is filled with controversy, he tells us the relevance, the meaning, the, the way that the resurrection it intersects your life. Notice his words in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 17 through 20. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile, and you're still in your sins. Then those who have fallen asleep in Christ, they have perished. If in Christ we have hope in this life only, we are of all people most to be pitied. But, verse 20, but in fact Christ has been raised from the dead. The first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. I want you to hold on to two truths from God's word. The resurrection of Jesus and its meaning for your life today. And that first truth is this, that hope gets the last word about our sin. Hope gets the last word about our sin. Sin is what we do that dishonors God. It separates us from a holy God. But the glorious news of the resurrection, the central act of human history, is that Jesus came into this world. He lived a life that we could not live, a sinless life. He died for our sins upon the cross. And when he was raised by God the Father, it is God's way of saying that our sin debt is paid in full. We can't pay that debt. If you know someone that has been to prison and maybe they committed a crime and they get finished with serving their their crime, they, they might say in that moment, I've paid my debt to society. Notice that you and I, we have a debt 
a, a sin debt that we cannot pay. No matter how much we try to live a good life, no matter how much we try to do the right thing, we cannot pay off this debt here. But guess what? Jesus, he embraced our sentence. He served our time. He walked out through his resurrection. He walked out of the prison of death itself. So why? So that you and I, we do not have to be a prisoner to sin any longer. This is glorious news that hope gets the last word about our sin. But more than that this morning, Hope gets the last word about our future. Hope gets the last word about our sin, but hope gets the last word about our future. Verse 17, And if Christ has not been raised, then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. Verse 20, But in fact Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. Do you know the power of what Paul is saying here? He is saying that through the resurrection of Jesus, that the resurrection gives us hope in the face of what is inevitable for all of us. No matter our zip code, no matter our income bracket, no matter our educational level, we all face what is certain for us, and that is death. So the resurrection of Jesus assures us, it assures us that death is not the last chapter, but rather as a follower of Jesus, as one who has placed their faith in the resurrection of Jesus, that death really is the forward to endless chapters that will be written for us in eternity. The resurrection of Jesus, it guarantees us of our certain destination. It guarantees where we are headed and what life after this life will be like. I love the way C.S. Lewis, as he's finishing his series called The Chronicles of Narnia and his book called The Last Battle, he, he has this beautiful passage where the whole series is coming to an end and he's looking back at the life of Lucy and Susan and Peter and Edmund and we have followed them from young children and now we come to the end and Lewis says this, all their life in this world and all their adventures in Narnia had only been the cover and the title page. Now at last they were beginning chapter one of the greatest story which no one on earth had ever read, which goes on forever, in which every chapter is better than the one before. The resurrection of Jesus, it, it reminds us that hope gets the last word about death. This is not, this is not, just hypothetical. This is not just theoretical. Not for me. But it, it, it's deeply personal. The truth of the resurrection of Jesus is that hope gets the last word about our future and the future of our loved ones who place their faith in Jesus. 20 years ago, my youngest brother died in a hunting accident the day after Christmas. His name was Matthew. He was 14 years old. Six years ago, we found out on Good Friday that my other brother, Michael, 
had died from an accidental overdose. I was with my mom and my dad on Easter Sunday, picking out a casket for my brother Michael, where he would be laid to rest next to his brother, my brother, Matthew. I've watched. I've watched my mom. I've watched my dad. And I've watched my stepmother have to endure unthinkable grief. Grief that is heart-wrenching in every way. The unimaginable, the unthinkable, true sorrow, true pain, and the loss of, of two sons. But you know, in the midst of tears, in the midst of sadness, in the midst of loss, there is something that I can tell you, that I can tell you as a follower of Jesus is that grief hasn't gotten the last word in my family's life. I was talking to my wife, Danielle, just a few months ago, and I don't know why it has taken me this long to, to realize this, but it hit me that I don't know anyone who laughs more than my mom. I don't know anyone who experiences joy like my mom, I don't know anyone who, who really can walk into a room and, and with her smile and, and invites people. There, there's a love to life that she experiences. And, and it just dawned on me as a father, and as a husband, how, how is this possible? And what I realize is that this is possible. Joy in the midst of, of deep earthly sorrow in deep earthly pain. It's possible because of what Paul said. It is possible because of what Jesus did. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. There is joy in the midst of tears. There is laughter in the midst of sorrow. And the reason is because I know if my mother, my father, my stepmother, uh, other family members know that Michael and Matthew, my brothers, were followers of Jesus, and there is an assurance of their future. There's an assurance that each and every day of their eternity is better than the one before. And that grounds me even in the midst of loss. Yes, there's deep grief and there's deep sorrow, and yes, I grieve the loss of, of what could have been this side of heaven, but I also know that all that is lost, all the time on earth that is lost is just a millisecond compared to what we are going to experience in eternity together as followers of Jesus. This is the truth that hope gets the last word about our future. This grounds us as followers of Jesus. You know what the opposite of hope is? The opposite of hope, I think, is despair. You know what despair is? It's believing the law that there is nothing really good to look forward to in life. In Easter, Easter hope is knowing that in the midst of pain, in the midst of uncertainty, in the midst of financial challenges, in the midst of tragedy and sickness, even in the face of death, the best is yet to come for each and every follower of Jesus. 
the Christian always has something better to look forward to. This is the hope of Easter. Hope gets the last word about our future. But don't just take my words for it. Joni Erickson Tata, many of you maybe have heard her name. She's a writer and she's spoken across the world. At the age of 17, she was in a terrible accident. She was paralyzed from the neck down. And and her life has been a life in a wheelchair. And she tells this story so powerfully of coming to church for the first time after the accident. The church that she attended had kneeling benches and a part of their liturgy, the part of their worship practices was for all of the congregants to to bow down on their knees in church. And she tells the story of how she sees everyone else in the church on their knees. She begins to weep. Uncontrollable tears. She says this. They weren't tears of sadness. They weren't tears necessarily of self-pity first and foremost. They were tears of joy of what she had to look forward to. Listen to her own words. Sitting there, I was reminded that in heaven, sitting there, I was reminded that in heaven, I will be free to jump up and to dance and to kick and to do aerobics. The first thing The first thing that I plan to do on resurrected legs is to drop on grateful, glorified knees before the feet of Jesus. Easter hope is that no matter our tears, no matter our hurts, our best days are ahead. And the stakes, my friends, They could not be higher this morning. There's a virus that is spread across our world, and it has brought chaos and destruction and death. And to many this morning, it seems as if the only choice is despair. But the reality of the resurrection The reality of the resurrection of Jesus is our certain hope in the face of any trial, of any circumstance. Hope gets the last word about our future. This is why the resurrection of Jesus is the most important historical fact that has ever occurred in this world. This is not just a metaphor. This is not a symbol. I love the way that American 20th century writer John Updike in this poem, he begins to, to, to talk about the historicity of the resurrection and why everything hangs upon this historical event. Listen to his words. He's right. Let us not mock God and call the resurrection a metaphor, analogy, sidestepping transcendence, making of the event a parable. If Jesus' cells, if Jesus' cells, dissolution did not reverse, the molecules re-knit, the amino acids rekindle, the church would fall. But praise God, praise God, that the truth of the resurrection is that while he was dead on Friday, he was alive on Sunday. And the fact of the gospel of Jesus Christ is is that Christ 
has been raised from the dead. And this gives us hope even in the face of our sins. And it gives us hope even in the face of death itself because hope gets the last word about our sins and hope gets the last word about our future. So look to him. Hold tight to him. Look to him. Hold tight to him because this is true. Knowing the certainty about our final future gives us the strength to face the uncertainty of all of our todays. Hope, my friend, gets the last word. Let us pray. So it is, God, that this morning... The truth of the resurrection is glorious good news. The truth of the resurrection changes everything. Because no matter how bleak and how dark and how desperate life feels, there is a greater truth. And that is that you have conquered sin and you have conquered death. That hope, the hope of resurrection gets the last word for any and every person who trusts you as their Savior and their Lord. So I thank you for this glorious announcement that I have the privilege to share with any and every person who's watching this morning. I pray that even now, you would draw them to you. For the person who's not a follower of you, I pray that even now, the truth of this message would speak to their hearts. I pray for those who are followers of you who are watching this, that we would be reminded of where our true and lasting hope, where it is found, and the glorious news of the resurrection. We pray this in the name of your Son and our Savior Jesus. Amen. Hope, my friend, gets the last word. So I want to ask you, do you know personally the Jesus that I have talked about? Has there been a time in your life where you've moved from maybe knowing intellectually about this to knowing it at the very depth of your heart? If you're not a follower of Jesus this Easter Sunday, I I want to implore you, I I want uh, through the power of the Holy Spirit to, to draw you to faith in Christ. Maybe this morning in your living room, maybe watching on your phone, maybe on your TV right now. These truths have connected to your heart. You today can be sure that there's victory over your sin. You today can be sure that there's hope in the face of the uncertainty of our future. Would you admit that you're a sinner? Would you confess to God your sin? Would you ask God through his son Jesus to forgive you? Would you trust that this story is the truest story ever told? That this story is a story for you this morning? Would you follow him and would you realize as you bow your knees before him that he's the king of kings and the Lord of lords? Today, you can pray that prayer. Today, you can pray and ask God to save you. Would you do that? Would you do that now? We would love to hear from you. If you have questions about how you can become a follower 
of Jesus, would you just, hey, would you just reach out to me? Would you just send me an email? My name is David. They call me Pastor David here at Dawson. So if you are not familiar with our church, you can literally send me an email at pastordavid at dawsonchurch.org. And we would love to talk to you more about the very truths that you've heard about this morning. Maybe you say, I need to talk to somebody else. You, you can also reach out to us here at Dawson at connect at dawsonchurch.org. Connect at dawsonchurch.org. We would love to know how we could pray for you. Maybe COVID-19 has, has hit you in, in ways that you never imagined. And, and it seems as if all of life around you is faltering. We would love to know how we could pray for you. We would love to know how we could walk beside you. Thank you for listening to this glorious announcement that Christ is risen. He is risen indeed.